Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. Why did I start this podcast? Because I'm too lazy to write a book. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey everyone, Latina Barbie here. So today we're going to be covering divorce. Now, truth be told, this is actually my second recording about this very topic. I recorded yesterday morning, that would be Thursday morning, and I didn't have any notes in front of me. I kind of just started talking, talking, talking and rambling. And I, I don't know, during the day I kept thinking, I need to listen to it and I will when I edit it, which I did this morning. And something just kept tugging at me, like it's not a very robust episode and really which perspective did I want to give and the moral of the story because you know Latina Barbie always loves to give some type of lesson at the end which I did but I don't know there was just something missing from it and it was kind of like matter of fact instead of what I was thinking at the time of my parents divorce and how I think of divorce now So I hope that this second episode, which is your first, um, it kind of brings everything to light. And on another note, I always believe that everything happens for a reason. And like I just told you guys, I felt like I needed a little bit more kind of juicy details in a good way, like more robust and details of divorce. And I just so happened to get another story to talk about. And that was my best friend's mom and dad unbeknownst to me about their divorce, which wasn't really a divorce. Um, So I guess I'm just going to start. So growing up, divorce, you always heard about it. And it was always, to me, it was always other people's parents got divorced. Like my parents would never get divorced. And that's just how I thought pretty much like in elementary school. In fact, if I remember right, I didn't really understand divorce until maybe middle school. And the first taste of divorce that I got was seventh grade. Uh, My best friend, Chan Chan, uh, she moved into the neighborhood. And and this is actually the story I just learned about today from the mom, from Carol. Um, You know, they moved into the neighborhood and I never, I thought the parents were already divorced, but I guess I didn't put two and two together. I don't know. I was in seventh grade, you guys, so I don't know. But their Chandra's dad was always like at the house. So I was like, wow, like if they're divorced and he's always there, I don't get it. Well, I literally just found out today that her parents were never divorced. They were separated. And the reason being is because in the state of California, at the time, it was whoever made the money was going to be the one to support financially. So at that time, my bestie's mom was, I believe she was a nurse, and he, the father, um, had just lost his job or something. Um, So he did end up getting an apartment in Poway, but that was the main reason why my bestie's mom never filed for divorce, because it was going to cost her more money in the end to file for divorce. Now, eventually she did file for divorce, And it never came to fruition because my bestie's father had passed in the interim of all all this. Side note, this man to this day has still made the best cheeseburger I've ever eaten. And that was in seventh grade. 
So, and you know I've eaten a lot of cheeseburgers since, though I've got a lot to compare it to. So anyways, so the moral of that whole story was, and this is how my bestie's mom, Carol, like prefaced her story was, you have to think of the state that you're in and what the state laws are. So again, that was way over my head. So anyways, growing up, um, you know, my parents, of course, had problems and nothing out of the ordinary. My parents bantered each other a lot. It was, we still do this today. And that's how I grew up in a bantering family where we all just kind of picked and, te- and teased each other. So, you know, um, but I remember there was a Christmas time and this is the part that I completely left out of the first episode. And again, you guys, if you know me and you're listening to this, thank you uh, for listening to me. But also just understand that my parents are in a far better place now and do not think ill of my mother or of my father ever because neither one of them have ever spoken ill of each other. And that was the other thing I forgot to tell you guys that was throughout my parents' divorce. I know I'm jumping a little bit, but just they divorced and throughout the separation and marriage and all that, they never ever said a bad word about each other at all. And I, I commend both my parents because they could have easily ripped each other. So anyways, um, so the first time that my parents got separated, I, I don't know what year it was. All I remember is I was, think I was going into being a freshman or something or eighth grade. And I think I hurt my mom's feelings because my dad had, it was Christmas time and my dad didn't know what to get my mom for Christmas. And I picked out a sweater. And in fact, as I'm telling you the story, I'm realizing a lot more in my adult life how these things affect me now. Wow. Um, So you're welcome and thank you all for the therapy session about to begin. And when the present was opened, when my mom opened up her Christmas present, I made the comment, oh, I'm glad you like the present. I'm I'm glad you like the sweater, mom. Um, I picked it out. And at that moment, and I could have been reading the whole situation incorrectly, but at that moment, I saw my mom look at my dad and the look to me said, wow, you couldn't even pick out a Christmas present for me. Now, I kind of felt like that was the cherry on top of some underlying issues that had already been going on between my mom and my dad. And let me give you a little bit of um, background on my dad. My dad lived in Mexicali Tuesday through Friday. Um, he had an apartment there that was furnished. It was a beautiful little apartment. And at first it was a company apartment and then he broke away from the company and he um, had his own company. It was a dental supply house. So he had always been in that type of industry and he had his own apartment. You know, at that point, I think my dad was coming home Friday nights, leaving Tuesday morning and everything was fine. I mean, my dad was a fun, like fun weekend dad and my mom was just freaking tired. I mean, she went to work when I was in sixth grade and she's raising the three of us. There's my older brother, younger brother, myself. So when Friday came, I think she was just relieved that my dad was home so that he can kind of take care of us. And he did. He took us to the mall. Like he was like, he was like one of those like weekend dads without my parents being divorced because we were always with my dad on the weekends and we were always having fun. And my poor mom was just, either she didn't want to go out or she was just tired, which in retrospect, my gosh, how do you do that? Says the person who has no kids, right? (laughs) So um, shortly after my parents like separated and I couldn't help but feel guilty. And the reason that my parents separated was because 
it was like all this shit was going on and wow, you couldn't even pick out my fucking birth, uh, Christmas present. Like we had been together for so long and you didn't even know what to get your own wife, but your daughter did, question mark. So my parents separated for a little bit and I remember my dad and my mom sitting us down and my dad was, you know, he left. And it's the funny part, and I completely forgot to tell you guys this. Well, I didn't, it sounds so weird that I forgot to completely tell you guys this because I never have, I never released the first one. So bear with me, you guys. So when I first recorded this, I forgot the story about um, maybe six, seven months after my parents had separated, my dad came home and was going to work things out with my mom. In fact, it might have been eighth into ninth grade now, you guys. Like, yeah, I think that's when they first separated. And it's so weird because when my dad came back home, I had a little goldfish called Goldie, who I, I won this little goldfish at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church. They used to have like the best summer festivals. It was so much fun. And it was one of those like, you throw the little white ball into the like the bowls. And if you, the white ball gets into the bowl, you get the goldfish. Who would have thought that that goldfish lasted, I think like seven years. The very day that my dad came back home, that goldfish died. I shit you not. Like it almost happened instantaneously. My dad walks in the door. My dad and my mom sit us down again and tells us that my father's coming back. I literally, for some reason, looked at the wall unit, Goldie flipped over, done. So my dad and my mom got back together and, um, I think one of the reasons why they got back together after several months was because my older brother, he was mountain biking at the time and he had his like his first or second race. He got in a really bad accident, like life flighted from his race. He fell over like on some mountain or something and I was working at the gas station. Oh wow, I'm sorry you guys. I'm like looking at my timetable in my head. I can't remember if my dad and my mom separated once. No, I know at least once, I know twice. But to come to think of it, I feel like maybe they even separated three times. Ugh, anyways, go figure. So that was my eighth to ninth grade year. We all went to the hospital. And, um, you know, I guess I guess my older brother's uh, injury at the time brought my parents back together. So again, my dad came back home. They tried to work it out. And it was a little confusing. I'm not going to lie. As a kid, when I look back, there wasn't really any difference when my dad and my mom separated because my dad wasn't around during the week. And when he did come down on weekends or every other weekend, and I couldn't remember how often he did. I know I know it was a lot. If it was anything, my dad was a really good dad. It, nothing had changed. And I think that was the best thing that my parents really made happen was that even though they were separated, even though my mom and my dad were going through their own like turmoil and relationship issues, it didn't affect my little brother and I in the way where we were one of those kids that was like, you know, where's dad? You know, is dad coming? And then he doesn't show up. Like I know so many people like that. So, or at least I watch it on like Teen Mom. Another friend of mine, and this was another thing about, I, I, I felt this shame when my parents were separated. Like I felt like, wow, I didn't want to be one of my friend's parents and now we are. That's just how I felt as a kid. Like I was like, like I don't know. It was, it was weird. It was weird. And looking back, I feel like you were just prideful and then you felt shame because your parents weren't together anymore. I had this other really good friend. In fact, I actually had drinks with her last night. Um, she came from, she was, she's an only child, and it was just her and her mom when I met her. And I met her in eighth grade, I think, eighth grade. We're still friends today. 
uh, tangent, if you know me, go go listen to one of my old episodes. I think it's about friends and all of my friends that I have have been since like middle school, seriously. One actually since kindergarten. It's crazy. So anyway, so um, I'm going to say her name, Shannon. It was Shannon and her mom and um, loved, loved being over there. And I think I loved being over at Shannon's house because it was just her and her mom and there was a lot more quietness and stillness. You come to my house and it's like my brothers, it's me, my mom, and you know, we're a loud family. Um, at the time, you know, my parents were not separated. So Shannon was coming over here. I mean, to the point where like, first of all, Shannon is as white as can be. She's like my Irish sister. And she like just, she just immersed into my family. That is all Mexican. Like we would go to quinceañeras. Um, she would come to Mexicali to my dad's, to my grandparents. I mean, she was like, like my white Mexican sister. It's the funniest thing, but she just rolled and I just, I think she just loved, she would come to family reunions with me. I mean, we did air bands together. Like we just had a blast together and I'll never forget her mom actually, um, one time told me, she says, you know, I love that my daughter goes and like hangs out at your family because she doesn't know what it's like to have a mom and a dad together. So I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, we love her, obviously. My parents adored her. My dad still adores her. So it was just one of those things where it was like she was lacking a family five unit. I had the family of five, and we almost like wanted to be in each other's shoes. It's so weird. <laughs> so anyways, um, I would go to her dad's house in Kearney Mesa and hang out on the weekends. And... It was freedom because she was an only child. Like, and her dad was just cool. Like, her dad, like, we would, well, not we because we were kids, but like, you know, her dad was a big Padres fan and drank and had fun. And we had a lot of freedom over there. So I could understand, like, we go over there as much as we could. You know, and I always thought it was cool that a lot of my friends whose parents were divorced, I have my other bestie, Dawn, that like, her dad lived in Ramona with his wife, Penny, and they lived in this beautiful house. And it was fun going up there. It was me, Don, her brother, and the three of us would drive up there and hang out there for a couple of hours. And I'm like, wow, like, it was almost like everybody had two homes. And I only had one. <laughs> but, you know, even though my dad had an apartment in Mexicali, it was two hours away and I didn't drive. And it wasn't like I could just drive over there. First of all, it's freaking 100 degrees on a cool day. But it's a dry heat is what my mom tells me. And so it was just like, it's almost like be careful what you wish for, but be careful what you wish for. So anyways, um, so fast forward. Sorry, guys. I know I was flip-flopping around, but I wanted to give you guys some, some context of like, this is the family and the friend unit that I came from. So of course, you're probably like, oh, wow, like, like Latina Barbie's parents were together and they were the only ones that were together of all her friends, which was kind of true. Fast forward, my mom and dad get back together. They quote unquote, try to work it out for a couple of years until people realize that they probably should have just gotten divorced the first time. I remember my mom and my dad, the way they treated each other. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't anything. My dad wouldn't talk. My mom would want to or vice versa. No, not vice versa. My dad never wanted to talk. He was pretty silent, which is why I have issues about silent treatments. Ooh, sorry, guys. That's, that episode has got to come soon. I don't know when, but it'll come. Don't worry when I'm ready for it. 
you know, my poor mom just kept trucking along. By this time, she was working, and as long as the bills were paid and she took care of the three of us, we, we were all good. Then about, I think I was 18 years old. No, 18, 19. 19 is when it got pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 19. Um, and they did separate. I Something I totally remembered actually right now was I had a conversation with my dad separately and then my mom. And I think I was only like 17 years old, 17, like 18, 18. I would, I'd already graduated from high school. And I remember, I remember my dad ironing and I went to my dad and I said, you know, dad, I, I think you need to leave. And this is his daughter. Like, this is me telling my dad, like, I don't think it's working out. I don't see it working out between you and mom. Um, I think the best thing for you is, or for all of us is for you to go. And I think in that same night, I talked to my mom and I said, mom, I think you need to ask dad to leave. I was to the point where the, the air had become so thick. And I want to get into this because a lot of times people say, you know, we can't divorce, we have kids, or we stay together because of the kids. Well, look, I, I know I'm only coming from, coming from my perspective as not having kids myself, but I was a kid once. And I had a mom and dad that clearly lost respect for each other and did not love each other anymore. Here's the thing. And when I say respect for each other, I mean respect for the marriage, not respect as human beings, although it's probably one and the same really when you think about it. I, I just felt like you know, to come home, it was horrible. So yeah, it was just, and, it was, and, it, and you know what's so weird about this whole thing is that the first time my parents separated, I was angry. I went into counseling. I, I think I was the only one that went to counseling of my brothers. And then the second time, I was angry at my father. And I wasn't just angry at my dad for what I felt breaking up the family unit. And it wasn't just about breaking up the family unit. It was about not wanting to become one of those families. And you know, that family, that great. Now we're like everybody else when I prided so much that my mom and dad would never get divorced. But they ended up getting divorced. And, you know, um, I was super, super angry at my dad because, um, and you guys, here's the thing. If you know my parents and you know my mom and you know my dad, please do not hold this against them because it was a different time back then and whatever, whatever. If you're married now, you understand that divorce happens. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you and the partner, you and your significant other, your spouse have grown apart and have realized pretty much that you don't no longer want the same things. My dad, I'll never forget, I came home from country dancing and my mom was in the bedroom crying and I was really protective of my mom because I'm just going to say this you guys my dad got remarried about two months after the divorce and I'll leave it at that to somebody who was 16 years younger and I'll leave it at that again <laughs> just wanted to give you a little context but um but I will tell you I mean it's like okay and when they separated it was I don't know. I think I was 19. Yeah, 18, 19. 19 years old, probably. Mm, yeah, 19. No, I'm, I'm sorry. 18. Sorry, guys. 18 and a half. 
And um, when I came home from country dancing, my mom was in the bedroom and she was crying and I was like, what's going on? And she said that my grandma or my aunt, it must have been my grandma, called my mom and told my mom they wanted, meaning my dad and, and his mom, my nana, wanted my mom to sign a piece of paper and it was called a quick quick claim contract. And so my nana owned quite a few prop, uh, pieces of property in Calexico and um, they wanted my mom to sign over any, I guess any possessions of any buildings or any money that would c- come out of a divorce. I was so livid, you guys. I could not believe, I could not believe that my dad would do that to my mom. It hurts so bad to think, you know, you have a mom and a dad and you always want them to love each other. And then when they don't, it's just one of those like slap in the face. And I was torn. I mean, I'm daddy's little girl. But to see your mom cry, to really get what's rightfully hers, if anything. And believe me, my mom did not marry my dad because my grandma had money. Believe me, she did not. I did something. I I called my dad. And to this day, I really wish he would have picked up the phone. But it went to his answering machine. And I let him have it. I let him have it. I... Can't you remember every single exact word? I'm sure my dad remembers. But I pretty much just disowned my father. I said, how dare you? You know, you don't even like your own mom. Like, how dare you do this to mom and, and us? And, you know, and they were married like 20, I think a total of 25 years. Then my dad, oh my God, you guys, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> My dad mailed the recording to me. And the first words he said was something like, if I remember correctly, it was something like, you know, I hope you never have kids because I would hate for one of them to do or say the things that you said to me. I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't have kids. I don't know. I didn't talk to my dad for a year. And so, oh my God, you guys, I almost paused this recording. Anyway, so after a year, I can't remember how we ended up talking. And I, I can't remember. I can't remember that. But I will tell you this. I turned 21 on April 17th, 1995. And then my parents told me a week later that that was the date that their divorce was final on my 21st birthday. And my mom always told me, I'm not divorcing your father. Your father could divorce me. Well, we all knew why he wanted to get divorced was because fast forward two months, my dad got remarried. I was the only one that went to the wedding. By that time, my dad and I had reconciled and uh, we were okay. You talk about forgiving, um, forgetting everything. It was just, uh, but here's the thing. My dad, and what I'm about to say, it hurts to have to say this about my own father. My dad was a shitty husband. And it sucks 
to say that. But the reality, if I'm going to be truthful with you guys and like not sugarcoat it, and I'm only telling you this because I just hope that somebody out there can learn and maybe uh, relate to what I'm saying, is the, the, the emotions that I had to go through because of my parents, it sucked. But here's the weird part. I'm 47 now, married, no kids. And I'm really okay with it <laughs> that my parents actually got divorced. It was probably the best thing for them, <laughs> honestly. Although my dad was not the greatest, <laughs> or as I just said earlier, shitty <laughs> husband, he was a good dad. And I know that's an oxymoron because I'm a true believer that as a father of a daughter, your, your only job in life is to show your daughter what kind of man I should want to marry. And believe me, my husband, Giancarlo, is nothing like my father. Or maybe I should say better, Giancarlo is nothing like my mother's husband. I think that sounds better, actually. Because my dad was, he's a good dad. I mean, he, even in the divorce, you guys, like, he had like an 800 number for my brothers and I. And I could never ever to this day remember a time where I called to Mexicali even when I was living in San Diego and Los Angeles my dad always picked up the phone I was always super close to my dad um, and I still am I mean I, I I practically besties and we're yeah that's just how we are and throughout their divorce my being divorced I guess after the divorce um my dad would still come down to San Diego and have dinner with us. This is a thing. My dad, I think, missed the family and or, you know, just missed my brothers and I. And what was so funny was, you know, my dad paid child support. Um, well, actually, I think just for my little brother, really, because I was already 21. But um, he paid support and paid alimony and all that stuff. And... It's funny because the way I deal with, um, I don't want to say trauma, but the way I deal with like uncomfortable situations or I always try to make light of things. So like we would all go out for dinner and, and my dad would make a comment to my mom and be like, oh, that's a nice blouse. And, and I'm like, well, dad, you paid for it. You know, like I, that was my way of coping with everything. Even when I lived in LA, my parents were really good. I mean, I can't say really good friends, but we would like go out to dinner. We'd go out and do things. Like my dad would always make it a point to come down or, you know, watch my brother play baseball. I mean, my dad was, after that one year, my dad was never not in my life 100%. I mean, I can't remember the last time where my dad and I ever went maybe even like a week not talking on the phone. It's just, it's weird. It's not weird. Why did I say it's weird? It's not weird. It's, it's a blessing. Oh, so when I moved back from San Diego, it was in 2008. And my dad and my stepmom, they actually had divorced, I don't know, maybe a couple years before, maybe two or three years before. So my mom and my dad became first-time grandparents in 2008 because my nephew was born February 2008 and then my niece was June 2008. And then I moved back to San Diego in August and my dad moved back like I think in May. And here's the funny thing. My mom told or asked my dad that if he wanted to move to San Diego, 
to be close to the grandkids because now my brothers were starting to have kids and because and they were going to be grandparents that he could live with her. I mean, I'm telling you, you guys, you can't make this shit up. For as much shit as my mom has gone through, she still told my dad, why don't you move in with me so we could be grandparents together? My dad sold his company in Mexicali. They lived together. I will tell you that, you know, my dad and I had a rough start because now we were living in the same, like within 10 minutes of each other in Penasquitos. And my dad wasn't used to me always being very independent. I think, I almost feel like now that he was back, you know, physically into like the realm of our lives, that he maybe didn't realize that Latina Barbie had grown up. When I moved back to San Diego, I was like 34. I mean, I hadn't seen or lived with my dad since he left. And that was when I was like 18, 19 years old. So a lot of time had passed by. And I think my dad had a hard time adjusting to it. And I did too, because I didn't, my dad would ask me, oh, Miha, where are you going? Oh, Miha, where are you going? You know, the last time I answered to anybody, it was probably my mom when I was living under her roof. So um, we did come to heads. A lot of underlying, uh, um, you know, tension had been there. And it was mostly because I sent my dad an email before I moved back to San Diego. And I told him he needed to apologize to me. And it was for the very reason that I told you guys earlier about like your role in my life and that you left and all this. Anyways, my dad and I had gotten a big old fight. We reconciled on New Year's Eve. He took me to Subway. <laughs> and this was a, a shocker to me because I had already seen him several times after I sent this email to him. And I basically like kind of told him like, you know, you broke our family up and everything. And I kind of just wanted to clear the air. I think I think it was at the point in my life where I just didn't give a shit. And I was just tired of kind of tiptoeing around my dad. And, you know, I'm not going to keep protecting people. So, um, because I did a lot of that. That's a whole other episode. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things where New Year's Eve, he took me to Subway and uh, he apologized. He apologized for what he did to my mom. He apologized to me for breaking up our family. And it was just, it was a great moment. And I think it was such a growing moment for my mom, my mom, but for my dad and my, and me. Now, I, I think my dad did apologize to my mom as well. And um, I don't know about my brothers because I've never asked them. But going forward, my parents, I'm telling you, like all of our holidays are together. Um, they talk on the phone. I've had them both over to my house together. You know, when you've known somebody since 1968, when you meet in junior college, I mean, there's that familiarity with that person. So it's like kind of like that's their, like you can be your authentic self with that person. And I do find myself with that with my besties of <laughs> in middle school. So I get that. But um, yeah, my parents' divorce was probably such a huge learning experience for me. And um, again, now that I'm married, I, I could see, I could see how parents grow apart. And you know, my biggest thing, and this was actually one of my objectives of today was talking about, you know, oftentimes I hear people talk about divorce and if they have kids, well, most all my friends have kids and it's like, no, we're, we're you know, I'm, I'm going to stay with him because of the kids. No. 
I say no because I always think in my head, now I would never verbalize this to any of my friends because they could just come back and say, well, what do you know? You don't have any kids, right? I'm like no authority on anything. But I always felt like verbalizing this to my friends who say that, saying, you know, oh, they're staying together because of the kids or no, I, I'm going to stay, you know, for the kids and blah, blah, blah. And we have kids and whatever. If you're miserable in your relationship, and I don't care if you're married or not or whatever, whoever is around is learning from you. Now, let's just take the kids aspect. I saw my parents and how they treated each other. I went to therapy to get over that shit because in my relationships that I've had, those are now called triggers in air quotes. Meaning when my partner does something, it literally, I can go back into time and revert to a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old and watch my parents in action again. That shit fucks you up. Who wants to show their kids what an unloving relationship looks like? Is that what you want for your kids? They learn from you. And maybe this is why I never had kids because I was always afraid to make a mistake. My parents made mistakes. I am working them out. I don't want to carry them into my relationships. And I have. And I've suffered. Now, on the flip side, the people who don't have kids and are going through marital problems and decide to stay together, I think it's harder. I think it's harder to stay together and work things out in a marriage when you don't have kids because you don't have any other glue around the house sticking you together. It is you and him or him and you, whoever's listening to my podcast, whether you're male or female. So all I ask is this, you know, and I'm going to do an episode as I'm like starting to get a little amped up here on my own marriage because my husband and I had problems, uh, our ninth marriage, our ninth year marriage, (laughs) our ninth year of our marriage to the point where you have to swallow your fucking pride and you've got to work it out. But first you have to be hundred percent authentic and ask for what you want. And I'm still working on that. So I just say to all the parents out there, when you say we're going to stay together for the sake of the kids, if you're going to stay together, that's great. But get into counseling. Be real with each other. Come to a conclusion that we love each other and is willing to to work it out. And all we want to do is show love to each other. And I'm telling you, I don't want to sound preachy, but what I've learned is like, I want to lean in more to my own husband when we're in the middle of a fight. It's the strangest, weirdest feeling, but it's something I've learned. And just a side note, if you if you feel like you're having any issues in your relationship and your husband doesn't even know about it or your wife doesn't even know that you have these underlying resentment issues because that's the shit that comes out, your kids feel that energy. They feel the energy. And then you got to look at your kids and how are they going to act out? Because they will. We are sponges. When I was a little girl, I picked up everything from my mom and dad. I watched everything, good and bad. I learned how to show my love because my parents showed their love with bantering. I showed how I, 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 I see what love is not when 
I am given the silent treatment. So just know that like, all I ask is just be real with yourself, be real with your partner, have those conversations. And the conversations are like the best ones, you know, the ones like you just have to come to terms with everything and you just throw your whole entire heart on the, on the table. Because it was one thing I've learned about relationships is your job is to express yourself. Your partner's job is to handle it, not resolve it, but to take it in. And if he loves you or she loves you, they will take it in and embrace all the different, I call them different personalities of who I am, but that's what they do. Okay, now I'm going to stop there because I know I'm going to end up going into my another episode, so I will stop there. All I'm saying is Latina Barbie's lesson for today is getting married is probably just as tough as getting divorced. But in the end, you really have to make yourself happy. And I don't care if you have kids or not, but if you yourself are not happy where you are right now, somebody in your life is feeling it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm Latina Barbie. Don't forget to subscribe and have the most wonderful day that you deserve. Mwah.